Brian here with a quick note. Um, when we recorded this, it was August, basically. Really hot. You know, Los Angeles is pretty much a desert, even though we don't treat it as one usually. So you're going to hear some ACs, fans, both laptop and ceiling. Tried to fix that a bit. Still kind of bled through. Uh, I personally just re-recorded all my lines right now, but, you know, can't fix everything. But yeah, so have fun with the show. Welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian, and with me is Steve. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to the cruise. Also with us is Clinton. It's hot and sweaty. How is it August already? It's almost a slant rhyme, right? Yes. Yeah, no, I am. It is very hot. It is very sweaty, which this is an audio podcast, so you can't really see, but it is very sweaty on this chat. So something that we talked about last week, just a small aside. I tried Canada Dry Bold. Yeah. It's an okay medium between just the normal taste of ginger ale and the pretty sharp taste of straight ginger beer. So yeah. I would have brought that up because I've definitely been drinking that. You did bring that up. There you go. This is not a sponsored podcast. Yet. But. But if Canada Dry Bowl would like to sponsor us, please reach out. And let me know. Listeners, if you just start drinking Canada Dry Bowl and you enjoy it, just tweet at them or something, email them. Maybe they have a Facebook page. Say, hey. I heard about this on this one One Piece podcast. Maybe you should sponsor them. And who knows what will happen. Even if you just drink Canada Dry, like, that shit is good, honestly. Can't go wrong. Canada Dry is pretty good. Yeah, can't go wrong with Canada Dry. Thanks, Canada. (laughs) What do you say about moving on to the recap part of the recap podcast? Hell yeah, brother. Get back into this recap. All right, so we're going to do something a bit different today. We're all going to take one episode, and we'll see how this works out. Why don't you start, Steve, with episode 13? Sure thing, Brian. Okay, let's start off where we start off. Okay, so Tyler's episode, episode number 13, or for our viewers that can speak Japanese, it's uh, Jusanban. And so this is called The Terrifying Duo. Neoban Brothers versus Zoro. Super exciting, super just awesomeness. It exudes awesomeness. Um, yeah, anyways, we come back, and when we come back, we see Straw Hat, like the Straw Hats and Usopp, and, and it's basically just Luffy and Zoro putting the beat down on all these Black Cat pirates. Like, they're just laying into them, like, full on, heavily, like, left and right hits and stuff like that and and uh and the and the white cat pirates are like they're like cowering back to their their captain who's Django and Django's like ah I got a trick up my sleeve I'm gonna hypnotize all you people and you know what y'all gonna be strong and so next thing you know Django's like, on the count of Django, y'all gonna be strong. 
And he's like, one, two, Django. And next thing you know, you see all these guys are gone crazy at this point. And they're like, yeah, we're going to kick some ass. We're going to nail them as hard as we can. And they charge up the hill as same as they could. And at this point, Straw Hats are like, yo, what the heck do we do now? Except for one. Any guesses on who that one is? Any of you guys? Is it our favoritest Australian boy? It is. It's Luffy. Exactly. (laughs) And so you see Luffy, and he actually got hypnotized somehow. He's just that way. He got hypnotized. And so they're starting to go up the hill. And then you see this bewildered Luffy. And he's just like, I'm going to kill all you people. Uh, he starts charging into the crowd. And this is actually where we first see um, this new technique that he uh, he shows us. It's called gum gum gatling. Now think of a gatling gun, like from the old West, like the like a machine gun, like the ones you see in Predator. Like, I guess. Whatever. Neither of yeah. those things line up in time. But please keep going. Yeah, anyways, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and here comes Luffy barreling. Yeah. <laughs> here comes Luffy, he's just barreling down the hill, and and he's taking out these black hats one by one, and next thing you know, like half of them turn around and just start climbing over each other, basically, to get back to the, their Captain Django, and Luffy's still coming after him. He's, like, just going towards him. And next thing you know, he's almost face-to-face with Django, but he keeps walking past him. And Django's like, what the hell? What What is this guy doing? Like, he's not fighting me? Like, what the hell? Anyways, Luffy goes to the ship, and he takes, like, the bow. Yeah, that's the bow. Yeah, so specifically, he's ripping off the uh, figurehead. Yeah. At the front of the ship. For their ship, it's kind of like a big cat, basically. Yeah. Basically, it's the bow board or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a fucking sailor. Anyways, he's going there, and he's basically trying to lift up this goddamn ship. And he's just like, ah, going nuts about it and stuff like that. And eventually, he rips off the cat head, and he's like, and all the black cat pirates are like, oh, no, he's going to crush us all with this cat head. And Django's like, oh, man, I got to do something. I got to do something. And so he's like, okay, I'm a, when, I, when I say Django, you're going to fall asleep. And he's like, okay, one, two, Django. And next thing you know, Luffy's like drowsy as hell. And he just falls over in a slumber. And in doing so, he's dropping the entire cat head on top of all these pirates. And so they all somehow... I feel like like it's really weird that they all dodged out of the way. Like, okay. (laughs) Luffy was the only one that's crushed, but he's still sleeping, so he's fine. Or so we think. And, uh, and yeah, and so here he is, he's sleeping, and the Black Cat Pirates are bewildered, and Django's like, oh, man, thank God that saved me. Then, this real quick cut to Usopp Pirates. And so they're like sitting in this field, like by this fence or whatever. And they're like, yo man, like what happened to Usopp, our captain? 
you like ran off and that's a little suspicious. And it's Kid Onion, that's his name. He's like, yo, I think there's still pirates that are going to attack. So we should go to Kai's mansion because that's probably where he's hanging out or that's where we can warn these people about pirates and stuff like that. And then we cut to Kai's mansion because this has a little bit of cuts. And Kai's having this nightmare where Usopp just attacks her um, like for just ragging on these pirates and stuff like that. Like she's like, Oh, pirates are awful people. And here comes Usopp about to cut her, cut off her head, like in her dream. And she's just, it's a nightmare for her. And so she's really distraught by it. And she's like, Oh man, I'm so sad now. And she's just looking for Clahador, her servant and her butler. Actually to clarify, it really is like, a nightmare, like it's an actual nightmare. It's not Usopp trying to kill her because you know he's off trying to fight the pirates. Yeah, this is totally in her subconscious kind of thing. Like this isn't real at all. It's not reality, or maybe it is. Da, da, da. But in the show, it's not. It's her dream. She's searching around for Clahador, aka Captain Kuro, of the Black Cat Pirates. She finds her servant Mary, the lamb-looking guy. He's just laying in this pool of blood, and he's like, uh, Kaya, save yourself. Uh, Clahador is the one that hurt me. He's a pirate all along. He had all this plan. He's been here for three years deceiving you. And she's like, oh, my God. I can't believe I thought that way of Usopp. How horrible of me. Uh. She learns the real truth about Clahador. Mary's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And Mary's like, you're the only one that can stop him. Go save Usopp. Save the village. Save yourself. At that point, she's like, yeah, I should do that. And Mary's like, really? Like, I was just kind of kidding. Like, but yeah, do it. Okay. Uh, save yourself. He's like, kind of acting dying. He's a little overdramatic in my opinion, but that's my opinion. Here we are. We're back in the pirate battle. Black cats, and they're all out cold. They somehow manage, and they're just, they're exhausted at this point. They're like, oh, I can't fight anymore. I might as well just die. And Django's like, y'all are bums. Freaking bums. So he calls out his two top fighters, black cats, Sham and Bucci. Bucci. And together, they're called the Meow Band Brothers. Dun, dun, dun. Or, for our Japanese audience, they're called the Nyaban Brothers. Dun, dun, dun. And so that's kind of the, the theatrics behind it. Super chill, super... These guys are, like, some of the zaniest, weirdest people, honestly. Like, they just look like a bunch of oddballs. And it's only two of them. Like, man, what are these fools going to do? They're, like, pretty much cowardly kind of things. Like, they're not as bad as Usopp, but damn, they're they're pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. Um, anyways, they finally pounce on Zoro. Because believe it or not, Zoro's like, yeah, I'll kick their ass. And he comes down the hill and stuff like that. And sure enough, Zoro loses two of his swords from... Sham just swipes him. Like, swiper from Dora. And next thing you know... Sham's like trying to pin down Zoro. 
and so that Bucci can crush him. And yet, somehow Zoro just gets away. Just he's that lucky. I don't know what the hell it is. I don't know if it's Oda, him luck, yeah, plan, whatever. Anyways, Usopp talk, takes aim for this uh, these two brothers, the Meow Band brothers. He's like, I'm gonna hit him. I'm gonna hit him. And Nami's like, Don't do it. You're gonna you're gonna hit Zoro. And Usopp's like, Nani the fuck? What? Nah, I ain't gonna hit him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the two brothers. I'm not gonna hit Zoro. I'm the best shot in this village. Period. And yeah, he's going off, and he's like, it's like, it's it's crazy. I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Like, this is a lot of shit that's happening. At this point, like, I know how he ends up later, more or less. I know that Usopp is a pretty good fucking marksman. It's in his blood. It might as well be, anyways. But like they're about to say, Zoro just like takes that fucking hit instead of letting Usopp hit the pair. Yeah, man. That's that's a, that's a weird thing. Like Zoro just steps in and he's like, ah, and he takes a hit from from Usopp's little belt, pellet bead or whatever like that. And they're just like, oh, my God, if Zoro wouldn't have done that, they would have gone after him and, and Nami. And that wouldn't have been good either because they're kind of weak. Anyways, Nami starts running for Zoro's swords, trying to get him back to him. She's attacked and taken down by Django. Like, he takes his little hypnotic kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called. Uh, Chakram. Yeah, Chakram. Yeah, that's what it was. He takes his Chakram and hits her on the back of the head. And she is just like, oh, my God, I can't believe he hit me. And falls to the ground. <laughs> like, that's the look of face, like, I got from it. And it's like, wow. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> and so, at this point, like, Django's, like, about to take over. And all of a sudden, boom. There's Captain Kuro at the top of the hill. And he is livid at this point. He's like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm going to kill every single one of you. And not feel bad about it. Y'all are either worthless or wasting my time or against me. So I'm going to kill y'all. And and at this point, it kind of ends like, oh, like you get that feeling of like, oh, shit. Shit's going to go down. And this is where episode 13 ends. Boom. End of episode 13. To be continued. Yeah. Um, any like reactions from you slash? I know this is probably like a kind of just any one for you. I mean, yeah, it's more build up in this one. Just you, like each crew that we've seen so far kind of has their weirdos. I mean, like everything is still like how buggy had like everyone was a clown or like mm-hmm. some circus thing. Everyone here, except for Django, it has to do with like cats. Like that's their whole yeah. aesthetic, which I don't. I'm trying to think if there's anything you could relate that to with Django, but I don't think so. Like, are sleepy cats a thing? I don't know. Like, he, we've said he looks like Steven Tyler slash Michael Jackson and his, like, mannerisms and look, but I don't think anything of that has to do with actually being a cat. Maybe because Steven Tyler and I don't know who's Michael Jackson was like, 
I know there's a saying, it's called the cat's meow, like where they're hot shit. Uh, yeah, it's that's definitely a stretch. stretch. That's like hanging on by threads at that point. <laughs> but whatever. You are reaching like Luffy. You're damn right I am. But yeah, no, it's 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 more build up and we just get to see more weirdos and who we have get into I guess fights yeah. that seem kind of realistic for where they're at. Which I think is something that's like good early on. Uh I think later there's definitely like what a lot of people call power creep in like I guess definitely like shonen anime and series is like like a few notable characters may stand out and like be the ones who are always like saving the day like people complain often that later on Dragon Ball kind of has this problem despite it still being kind of fun um, and like so there's a there's like a middle point where like characters realize that in the show and other characters are the ones saving the day but like the weaker ones are kind of like they throw in the towel and they know where their limits are versus like in one piece i think there are points where um it's clear that like luffy and some of the others are definitely stronger but most of the time i would say even up until like currently you know there's like a lot of different things going on currently like most characters kind of get their time to shine when it's like a big moment it's just currently the crew has been split up for a while during doing different things, but they're like now all back in one place, but that's something to talk about in a million years. But right now I think the show like keeps things balanced. Well, like, even though everyone's always like, ah, Luffy, he has a devil fruit kind of a, he put, puts like that kind of perspective on it. But even so, like everyone kind of gets like their shots in versus Luffy save the day, even though it usually is Luffy. Save yeah. The day. That's definitely it. That's definitely it. He's just like a zany bro, honestly. Speaking from the less experienced um, point of view, more or less just like, hold on, let me rephrase that, I guess. I'm coming in mostly fresh to watching this. Like, obviously, I've seen more, but it's a pretty straightforward episode, you know, just like, hey... A few quick fights, not too much like in-depth backstory as opposed to some of the other the other two episodes that we're covering in this recording. Yeah, for sure. But I guess it's also a nice touch because there's a lot of uh a lot of action and we haven't seen quite like a lot of action since Buggy, which honestly wasn't that long ago, but still if you're dying for some some like hitting and punching and stuff like that, then it's definitely a relief, I would say. The arc pacing for all of this is just, like I said in the last few episodes, it's just a lot faster than I would have expected. Like, it's not unwelcome. Mm -hmm. It's just a little surprising when compared to other anime. Yeah, Yeah, honestly, I think this next arc, though, like after the Black Cats, it slows down, in my opinion, is what I remember, but it's still good. Is the next one... I mean, I guess it's like mild spoilers. So if you're completely new to this, mute the podcast for a bit. Is the next one Sanji or Fishman, like Arlong? Sanji, yeah. Okay. It's Sanji is next. Arlong is after that, and he's kind of the climax of. Okay, yeah. So I can see how that would be um a bit further off because that's supposed to be like 
That's almost 100 chapters into the manga, right? Uh, I want to say it's around 50. Uh, no, not even close, I don't think. I'm talking about the Arlong oh. part, not the Sanji um, It might be, it might hit 100 it, during the middle of the arc, but I, still I think, think it starts out somewhere in like the 80s or 90s or something. Arlong Park takes place from uh, manga chapters 69 to 95. Oh, wow. Okay. This wiki entry is to be believed. So it pushes towards that. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, on to the next episode. I, I will be taking the helm for episode 14, and it is entitled Luffy Back in Action, Miss Kaya's Desperate Resistance. Uh, so where we left last time... Captain Kuro was as angry as he could be because he seems like a, an individual who does not like to be kept waiting. Uh, so he shows up and everything is about as bad as it can be. His ship is looks like it's about to have been torn apart. So he's just like, what the hell's going on? Uh, and so he just gets there and he starts talking shit like crazy. And he calls them weak. He calls his, or his crew... He calls them weak. He calls them incompetent. But uh, before I go on about that, he, he acknowledges everyone who's there, but he doesn't even focus so much on Zoro or Usopp uh, or even Nami who's there. He's just kind of like, what the hell are you guys doing? And he's, he's so focused on like reprimanding his crew. Uh, but then the, I'm just going to say Nyaban brothers, but the, the two cat brothers who Zoro was fighting, they are not very pleased with this, this shit talking from Kuro because as we mentioned in our last like whole podcast episode, so Kuro, his whole like grand scheme was to basically do this whole extortion and then get money scheme from uh, from Kaya and her family here. And he's been gone for about three years, and the crew's just kind of been lollygagging. Like they haven't been lollygagging and waiting, but they've been just like biding their time and like still doing piratey things. But you know they've been off on their own and out on the sea while well, he's just been here kind of from their perspective, living the easy life. So that's what the the two brothers call, call him out on. They're like, you know what? Fuck you. Let's take you down. You've been going soft on land. Right. And then they jump aside from Zoro and go in to attack him. But then Django's like, Oh shit. Nah, don't do that. And then you see Kuro kind of kick into gear. And then, all of a sudden, he uses, as is translated, they call it the pussyfoot maneuver. So it's definitely sticking with the cat theme. But it seems like he's, his feet are dancing around and they use the, the, the sound effect they use in it. It's this really weird kind of like wooden shaker sort of sound. I don't know how else to describe it. But his feet dance, he moves really fast, and then boom, it looks like he's cut through them. But almost, because he doesn't quite cut them. He stands right behind them and has them in what could be an assassination position. And then he jokingly agrees, hmm, maybe you're right, I have gotten slower, but he's got all his knives on his hands now. He has two gloves, by the way. Before he had just one glove with knives on them, now he has two gloves, each with knives going crazy out of all of them. Um, but yeah, Kuro is not fucking around, so he tells the brothers and then the rest of his crew. He's the... Freddy Krueger of One Piece. Mm, yeah. As of now, anyway. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else that could fit that. But yeah, he actually is kind of like Freddy Krueger-ish. But yes. Um, 
even so much so that like everyone if if anyone has seen that whole like, even with his mannerisms like the way he moves is very like lithe and like gangly or if anyone's played the the soul edge or soul caliber games if you know the character voldo he kind of moves like that as well not as like intense in some of his weird movements but he like cocks his back and his hands are kind of very loose with how some of his uh portraits and like animations are drawn but um, he's definitely got the whole knives on the hand thing going uh anyway he tells the crew and the brothers he's like you know what Maybe, I've, maybe I have gone soft. Maybe you're right. I'll give you guys five minutes to clean this up and then we'll forget about it and move on. And then they're like, shit, five minutes. So they go in to charge Zoro, but Nami thankfully has taken just enough time to distract Django and then kick the swords over to Zoro, um, who is at first mad that she is also just like not taking care of his swords. No one's taking care of Zoro's swords and he hates it. Um, but he finally gets all three of his swords back and then he just cuts through both of the brothers in an instant, which he goes on to make the point that, yeah, just because I know how to use all these swords and just because someone has more swords doesn't mean anything if you don't know how to use them in the correct style. So once he is his common practice, at least at this point in the series is using all three of the swords, um, becomes much more adapt late, adept later. But you can you can tell his difference of when he's like in his in his zone. So don't let him get in his zone, as one man once said. Um, yes, he he takes them out. But Django once again uses his hypnosis powers because uh, Bucci, the bigger brother, um, begs Django to hypnotize him and beef him up. You know, so the sacrifices he'll probably hurt for it later. But he's like, please let me. Let me make this right. So Django hypnotizes Bucci, the bigger of the cat brothers. And he starts rampaging and going crazy. And Zoro's like, oh, shit. Um, then we, when, while this is happening, Nami runs off again because Django is, again, a little distracted. But as he turns around and sees Nami running, he's like, wait, what the hell is she up to now? And instead of running for treasure or trying to knock out more of the crew members that might be waking up, she runs all the way down to Luffy, who is sleeping under the end of the, I guess, front of the boat. Steve had said bow. I'm not sure if it actually is the bow. I forget my nautical terms. Um, yeah, I think I know the, the nautical terms. So the front of the ship is a bow. The back of the ship is a stern. And the, uh, the right-hand side is a starboard. And the left-hand side is a port. Yes, bow in front, which Luffy is like halfway sleeping under the backside of it. So he's like crushed, but he's also like not really crushed because he's rubber. But regardless, while she's doing this and making a hard run, uh, Django's like not so fast. And he rips his chakram off of its string, which he already used to kind of cut her before. But he throws it like a frisbee and she can't see it coming because she's running after Luffy. But Zoro can see it. He's like, wait, no, Nami, duck. And then, luckily, her waking Luffy up is done in such an annoying way that Luffy, like, pulls her down to get back up. But as he gets up, the chakram cuts just right past her. And Luffy catches it in his mouth because he's just a crazy person. And 
he's not as crazy as you might think because you can see he got a tiny cut on the side of his lip and then it also breaks in his mouth. Because why wouldn't it? But everyone's just like, what the hell? How is this guy still alive and or awake at this point? But yeah, Luffy's back in the game. Not only that, uh, Nami kind of explains what's been going on, what he missed while he was out again, being hypnotized, but also being really strong. Nami, because she's bleeding from her wound from Django, just it's like, Luffy, you need to help now. And Obviously, in the end, she says, help so we can get back the treasure. And Luffy gives her kind of a passive, but still like, yeah, of course, let's do it. Kind of response. Up the hill, Django prepares to fight Luffy as Bucci gets ready for round two with Zoro. And they are getting very close to the end of Captain Kuro's countdown. And then as he's preparing to kill him, he is distracted by the sudden appearance of Kaya, who appears out of nowhere. But at first, he thinks it's just some rando sneaking up on him. So he's like, of course, just in a defensive position. He's like, don't don't fucking walk up behind me. Uh, so Usopp gets in the way and then gets knocked over while protecting Kaya. And he's like, oh shit, Kaya's here. But the whole point of this is that Kaya had wandered out of her mansion, which I don't know if he'd mentioned that in the notes. If he had, then I forget, but or from the previous section. But either way, Kaya has shown up because as having, oh no, we did mention that. Having realized what's going on, she thinks she can just give up her fortune and everything so that Kuro will just leave everyone alone. If he wants the money, just take it. Just like leave my friends alone. But he wants everything and he wants to keep up the charade that he has created for so long, despite wanting to have his pirates help him with what's going on. He also wants to leave the name Kuro fully behind, which we'll talk about that more in a little bit. But that's why he does not give up on wanting to kill Kaya. Thankfully, though, uh, she got the strap on her and she just like whips out a pistol. And he's like, oh, shit, you're going to pull a gun on me. And then he tries to actually sweet talk her. But at that point, it doesn't really work because, well, it works in that he ends up managing to take the gun from her because she's just like, what the fuck do I do? What do I do? But at the same time, he takes it and he's like, I'm so happy that you remember it. And I'm still going to be even happier when I kill you, more or less, is what he goes on to say. He tosses the gun down, which is kind of dumb because right as that's going on, Usopp kind of sees this as he still knocks the ground and he grabs the gun, but because Kuro is super fast and does his thing, he ends up doing a, a not nothing personal behind the back kind of kid thing. And he gets Usopp in a very similar position where he can pretty much slice his head off at any time. But out of nowhere, when Usopp's about to bite it, a giant rubbery fist comes out of nowhere and bam, decks Kuro right in the face and like punches him to the ground. Uh, That's Luffy, who he got his hand whipped up enough to give him a nice uh, pistol shot right to the face out of nowhere where he wouldn't expect it, saving Usopp. Now the real fight's about to begin. And that's pretty much where the episode cuts off is Luffy taking that big hit. But I think I think I got everything for that. So yeah, that's episode 14. Yeah. Or episode 14. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, that's like just a trippy episode because it's like, oh man, as if tension couldn't build any more from last episode, episode 13, we're back on it again. And here's even more tension. Like, I just think it's amazing how Oda creates, like, all this this build-up and this tension. And I think that's something he does really well. And so I feel like this is a great example of that build-up. Like, it's very, well, I don't know what the word, the meaning of this word is, but visceral. I don't know what visceral means, but 
I would say it's visceral. You don't know what it means, but you know that you mean it. Yeah, exactly. Why do any of you guys know what visceral means? So do you want like, like literally it means like the insides, like the guts. Figuratively, it means like those deep feelings, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Visceral. There's your word of the day, everybody. It's visceral. So I don't think your use of it is wrong because you feel a deep feeling of tension welling up and things are getting more intense. So yes, but there you go. Yeah. And so just those, yeah, those emotions. I think you're definitely right about it being a visceral episode. Yeah. I'm glad I have that confirmation. <laughs> Yeah, that's 14. Uh, it's more build-up. It's more good stuff leading into, obviously, the big fight. And it's Luffy once again proving that he is resilient as heck. So, yeah. So, I guess now I'll toss it to Brian for 15. Okay, so it's my time to recap an episode now. So, mine is episode 15, which the English title is Beat Kuro, Usopp the Man's Tearful Resolve. We do the normal previous episode recap that hits at the beginning of each episode. And after that, we see all of the Black Cat Pirates are basically doing that holy shit routine that's from um, Animal House. And that seems to be becoming increasingly common as all these pirate crews run into Luffy, just beating the shit out of people very surprisingly. So yeah, out of nowhere, Luffy just stretches his arm, hits Kuro with a fucking gum-gum pistol, knocking him on his ass. And then, just at that moment, they see that opening, that weak spot, that little... The Usopp pirates jump in and start beating the shit out of him with, like, pans and sticks or some shit. And Usopp and the rest of the Straw Hats are just like, no, 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 wait, just leave him alone, get away. You guys are fucking insane, you're children. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to let you off with a warning now that we beat your fucking ass. So they're all proud of themselves. And you just see that everyone else is terrified for their safety. And Kuro just gets up. He is fucking pissed. And very surprisingly, he doesn't attack the kids directly. He just decides to, like, kick Usopp, which he does. So he kicks Usopp away. And he's just like, okay, this shit's getting annoying. So he tells Django, hey, you... Hypnotize Kaya, make sure that she adds her butler in her will, and then kill her and the kids. And while you do that, I'm going to fight Luffy because this dude's kind of fucking annoying. And I think I actually have to deal with this. So Koro's going down and it's going to try to get Luffy to fight him. And Zoro's just like, no, 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 fuck that. You've got to fight me first. But, you know, as Django's trying to escape past him, Bucci is still on his ninth life, basically. And he is still attacking while he's hypnotized and shit. So Zoro's distracted. Django makes his way towards Kaya and the kids. But the kids are making their stand. Like, we're not going to leave you, Usopp. You're our beloved captain. We're going to show that we're courageous and, you know, shit like that. And Usopp's like, no, 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 kids. You have the most important job. I need you to take Kaya and protect her at the cost of your lives, if necessary. So you just need to 
get away from here and make sure that she's safe. Even Zoro mentions how, somehow, Usopp manages to make running away sound cool. And the kids are all just like kind of teary-eyed and they're running away. You're right, Usopp. We'll protect her. We'll keep her safe. And you just... The kids and Kaya run away and Django still is like, well, it's not like they're going to get away from me because he's spinning up his little hypnotic chakram that he's going to throw at them, I guess, or chase after them. But Usopp somehow still has enough strength to like shoot one more of his little BBs from his slingshot. He buys that little bit of extra time for Kai and the kids to get further away with a head start. We see that Zoro is still fighting Bucci, and that dude is just overpowered with his fucking overclocked, hypnotized mind, and Zoro just finally uses Santorio to knock him down, and he finally catches a slight breather. And we see Usopp just... Trying to pick a fight with Koro, like, how could you, man? You've you've lived here for like three years and just He calls him a heartless bastard, basically, because he's just like he spent all this time among all of the citizens and Kaya those three years, and they're just, you know, he's getting everyone's trust to betray them. And Koro's basically like, fuck off with that sentimental bullshit. This is like real pirate business that we're up to, dude. Like, get that? Considering you're a dude that, like, spends all of his time with children pretending to be a pirate, you should probably just, like, shut the fuck up because you have no idea what you're talking about. And that is when Usopp just hits that one point where he's like, no, no, I know that not everyone in the village respects me, and I know that they all think I'm some sort of joke, but even with that, I'm not gonna just let you go over and destroy the town. I'm going to stop you. I will protect everyone in the village, even if it kills me. And there's no way you're ever going to step foot in this town. And so hearing that and seeing that Usopp is starting to cry, which, you know, that's how the episode gets its title. All of the black cats are just catching a big case of the yucks and laughing it up until out of nowhere, Luffy just grabs the boulder and smashes it down in front of them, scaring the shit out of them. You having a giggle, mate? And, you know, they're just like... Luffy's just like, hey, what the fuck's so funny? And they're just like, uh, you know, they don't know what to say. They're just, they're just like, what the fuck do we do with this person, man? But yeah, so I kind of moved past this, but Usopp had tried to stand up to try to run away and warn people, I guess, or try to fight Kuro, but he had used all of his strength and he just couldn't. So even after he had like stood up for a few seconds, which even Koro said he was like mildly impressed. He just, you know, couldn't do it, and he collapses. So Zoro, after the whole speech in the boulder thing, picks Usopp up and he takes him because, just like Luffy, he is also terrible at directions. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to need a guide if we're going to stop them. So he slings Usopp over his shoulder, even though he said he would be faster if he just went alone. It's also a rare early point of Zoro admitting he has no idea of his far as a sense of direction. Yeah, so Zoro takes Usopp with him and goes off and Luffy and Kuro start to get into their fight a little bit and Kuro's like, alright, you're a complete stranger here. You have, like, no connection to this village. Why, why are you even fighting here, you know? And Luffy says, yeah, so there's a man in the village that I don't want to let die and that's reason enough for me to fight, which... I'm assuming he's talking about Usopp at that point, because that's pretty much the only person he knows. But yeah, so because of that, 
he doesn't want to let Usopp die. You know, he's willing to put his life on the line and fight to the death to achieve his goals. So Kuro and Luffy are just like duking it out for a bit. And, you know, Luffy's throwing some of the techniques that we've seen, like the gum gum whip, where he does the sweeping leg kick, some more pistols and shit. But Kuro's fast and he's pretty agile. He's able to jump on top of Luffy's outstretched arms and like run on them. He knocks Luffy on his ass and all the pirates seeing that are like, yeah, fuck it. Even with the devil fruit, Captain Kuro is way better than this motherfucker. And they're all just like, Captain Kuro, Captain Kuro, yeah. And Kuro gets pissed because he's like, shut the fuck up. I don't want to be Captain Kuro. What don't you idiots understand about this? I've had this three-year plan for me to try to get away from being a pirate. And that's when you see a flashback of Kuro faking his death and creating this plan. The one that he's had for a while now. We see Kuro in his cabin, his captain's cabin on the ship. And Jango's there. And Kuro's like, oh, you know, the Navy's attacking again. It's the third time this week. Jango's like, yeah, well, I mean, you're Captain Kuro. You're just attracting people. Kuro's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. What if, what if I wasn't Captain Kuro? So following that logic, he goes out, the rest of the crew on deck, and he's like, hey, just lower a small boat for me to go over there. And they're just like, hey, you're going to go over to that marine ship by yourself? And he says, do what I say. So they do it you know, a small boat and the one Navy ship that they're, the one Navy ship that's attacking them just keeps attacking. And I guess it works out for them because Koro's idea is they're not going to focus on like one tiny boat. So Django, the vice captain, is just like, fuck it. We're going to board this ship. And everyone else on the, in the crew is like, okay, this is crazy, but whatever. So the pirate ship finally boards the Marine ship. And that's when they see that Koro managed to kill Almost everyone on the Marine ship by himself, except one person, which we talked a little about it before the recording. It's a little cameo, apparently, that I just barely caught, but I'm kind of surprised that neither of them noticed. So, you know, one Marine is left alive by Kuro so that the plan would work. And it's this blonde dude. And he's just like, I don't know why you're leaving me alive. Just kill me. It's not going to fucking help you or anything. And Kuro just fucking stomps on his jaw. He's like, hmm. Fascinating. Even with a shattered jaw, you're still howling. And I was like, no, 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 no. There's no way this is happening, right? And apparently, this is a cameo by one soon-to-be Captain Morgan. Because this Marine that they stomp on and shatter the jaw will eventually have a metal jaw and an axe for a hand because of this attack. Yeah, I I looked this up on a wiki entry because he asked me about this before it started and I legitimately thought it was just like nondescript Marine man who was like, oh yeah, like who the fuck cares? Like you're going to... You're, you're just this last guy I've left here, but we'll explain why he left this one Marine alive. But yeah, apparently, if you look on the wiki entry for Captain Morgan in One Piece, as well as a 
think Kuro, but I looked up Captain Morgan for One Piece. There's not much there. I mean, he's a very minor character. Uh, if anything, not super spoilers, but other characters that are seemingly minor from that arc, like Kobe, or even, let's just say, Helmeppo, for the sake of not spoiling too much. That's a son. Uh, they have slightly minor like cameos and appearances later on, versus like Morgan is just kind of like you barely ever see him again. Um, he's definitely in that arc and out, but I I never caught this because unless it was in like a manga page or I weren't listening enough or like there's like an inflection in his voice that's just not properly translated, I would not have even stopped to guess that he was not just nondescript Marine Man. But no, apparently this is Captain Morgan. There you go. Um, continue on. <laughs> I'm just going to chalk that up to like me probably overanalyzing media ever since I got into Game of Thrones however many years ago. Like, oh, this very small line. Does this mean what I think it means? And apparently it did. So this one, I'm going to assume he's just like a normal marine not even officer, just a recruit of some sort. He, as we're about to say, yeah, Kuro leaves him alive. We see Django hypnotizing one of the black cat pirates who kind of has a passing resemblance to Kuro. And he's just like, you know, hypnotizing him saying, okay, you are the pirate Captain Kuro and you did all of this. And at the same time, he hypnotizes the person laying on the ground who is Morgan saying, you are the person who caught Kuro. So, you know, basically they hypnotize them so that they believe that Kuro is dead and Morgan turns in the head of Captain Kuro, which I can only assume is how he eventually got his promotion to captain. But also, if that is actually how that works out, then that means that at the very most, Morgan was in charge of shell towns for like, Three years, but he was walking around the place like he was in charge for fucking decades. And Helmeppo was going around like a dick, like, my father's in charge of everything, which is pretty fucking quick for at most, at most a three year period of being in charge. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, like, how, how fast that stuff goes. It's just like, boom, 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 boom. And next thing you know, Morgan's just like, yeah, I'm top dog because I caught a badass pirate. Yeah, kiss my shoes. But I mean, that's the implication, though. It's like, I, I thought it's a dumb pull when I realized that that's what was going on, but it at least does add up to the sense of, like, if he's already in the Marines, like, some minor position, and then they think he has caught this guy who is confessing to be, I mean, who is hypnotized and confessing to being Captain Kuro, this, like, murderous pirate, which, by all means, like, according to everything they knew, yeah, they caught him. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't you promote this guy to, like, some kind of He's obviously not like climbing up too fast, but it, it, it at least adds up. And I'm not sure if that's like a fact that was added just for the anime's sake, or if that's also crossing over with the manga. Cause I haven't read the early chapters and who the hell knows how long, but that is, this, this is apparently a thing. I'm looking at the wiki page for it right now. It is, it is as simple as that. And it's like, I'm looking at also at like where else does Morgan appear after like, aside from a few like tiny snippets, not much. So it's, curious that they would just throw that in as like a connection but there you go yeah that was just that one little character tidbit that i caught and made me feel proud and probably overly special compared to compared to lionel richie how much of an implication it actually was compared to you know lionel richie 
And, you know, however much it actually has on the show itself, which I'm guessing is almost non-existent, but, you know, it's 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 the little things. But, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. That's it. This entirely this show is focusing on the little things. That's a huge part of the show. We cut back to the present time and we see Kuro saying, okay, so I've just been planning all this shit for three years. You are not going to ruin it. And Luffy says, hey, man, if you don't want to fucking rep, stop being a pirate. Might as well just be singing yo-ho, yo-ho while he just keeps fucking punching Kuro down because obviously it's a pirate's life for Luffy. And yeah, that is where episode 15 ends. Damn, what a good episode, honestly. Such a solid start to like Luffy's main adventures as a pirate. But it's also just like one of these first characters where there's like some actual huge malice. Like, yeah, Buggy was kind of a evil character, but you learn later on about some things with Buggy. But anyways, this is a real one where it's just like, yo, this guy's a dick. <laughs> he needs an ass beating. <laughs> yeah, or there's like, as far as just like character motives and what they're out there, like, but Buggy's a lot more in line with Luffy. Like, Buggy's still an asshole, but yeah. Yeah. Comparatively, though, Crow is like a little more like villainous. He's a little more sinister. Like, his crew is definitely more like afraid of him versus like Buggy messes with his crew a bit, but there at least seems to be more of like mildly camaraderie there there seems to be more mild camaraderie among them it's more like mischief versus true terror yeah it's like there's even like when kuro shows up and then uh uh what's the whatever the 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 bigger cat brother his name is escaping me right what's uh, name? he um, Uchi. He, he he notices that yeah he, he cut him down or zoro cuts him down but then um he even makes a comment to him that I forgot to mention. He says, like, oh, you do sloppy work. Like, because he's like, realizes that he's still, the other brother is still alive. Versus, like, that's Kuro kind of implying that he would have just killed him and, like, moved on to the next opponent to fight. Like, just, you kind of just get this very different vibe. And there's plenty of other characters who come along later, but you, you, you meet, the, you, you see the different kinds of people in this world. But also, like, with that, you see, like, that there's very, very different types of pirates and people that like claim the name of pirate and it's just yeah it leans back into the whole like it's morally gray kind of thing but that it, it's more of just like being a pirate is very much a spectrum in terms of what you can stand for and what you like do make it stand for in this show in this series so that's also like we're luffy with the call out where he's like man like you can't even stick to being a pirate like stick on land you're just giving, you're giving up because you're tired of it. Like cry about it. You know, and then there you go. But that's it's it's a fun build up. I forgot. I always forget about this arc. I just always remember it as it like yeah, that's the arc where they find Usopp and then Kuro is in there. But I forget the little bits of it. It's like this, this, this has been a fun one to rewatch for sure. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's pretty much the episode. So, a few quick plugs, Steve. What are your pluggables? Um, well, you can find me on Twitter at Steve with a capital S and Hornyak, H-O-R-N-Y-A-K, literally the words horn and yak, um, with a capital H, no spaces or anything like that. So 
uh, find me on there and I'll probably follow you back. If not, you'll get some great content about one piece and some random other bullshit. I tweet some weird shit sometimes. So don't be afraid of that. <laughs> it could definitely be weirder. Just from my time on Twitter. It could be weirder. It could definitely be weirder than what you post, Steve. Very wholesome. Very, very wholesome. Truly. Oh, uh, I try to. So yeah, if you follow me, I might post some wholesome content on your tweets. Yeah. What about you, Slash? Let's see if you want to talk about One Piece, talk about video games, talk about anything in between, maybe some serious real-life shit sometimes, too. You can follow my Twitter. That's at RobLink. Um, I also stream games on Twitch uh, at least once or twice a week. Um, I, that is uh, twitch.tv slash RobLink. And actually, very recently, uh, because one of my hobbies is I collect video games a bit. Uh, I've been doing it for quite some time now. I made an Instagram to kind of show that off a bit. So if you use the old Instagram, uh, the profile there is at uh, raw underscore blink underscore collect. So give that a follow if you want a bunch of bunch of video games to learn about. Other than that, that's about it. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, even though I don't really use it anymore. With the handle at El Tubacabra, that's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the podcast on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can email the podcast at ReluctantCruise at gmail.com. And we have an Instagram, which is Reluctant Cruise Podcast. So that's it for this week. Just keep having fun on that cruise, everyone. Yeah, it's going to... It's only going to get from better from here. It's already better. Fuck Captain. Oh, say,